scary girl. Hi, everybody. Hey, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this this is is Dead Dead Time Stories. A weekly podcast where Sarah and I get together to talk about ghost stories, true crime, conspiracies, supernatural, paranormal, unsolved mysteries. We talk about cults, all sorts of spooky, just weird, whatever it is. The 2020 election. It's scary. We talk about 2020. What a fucking wild shit show it is. And we're recording this on November 2nd and it doesn't come out until the week after the election. So like it's probably even fucking more wild. I don't even know. Who knows? You know now, the listener, because you're li- you're living it. Because you're living the future. I don't know yet if I'm envious of you or if I'm not envious of you. No, we're going to say envious because we're putting it out there. Yes, we're putting it out there. Welcome to Biden's <laughs> Joe Biden's America. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. Putting it out there. My car is covered by the extended warranty and Joe Biden... Is winning in a landslide. Your car has been fixed. You've been driving it for a week. It was it, like nobody even voted for Trump, and then they like set him on fire and kicked him into a river. Yeah, and, but they but first they made him take all of his makeup off so that we saw what he really looked like. What a withered, wrinkled, white dog shit he is. Did you ever watch? I think they did it with the American like extreme makeover thing, but there's a British version of like extreme. Mm-hmm like makeover for a person and they get these people who have the craziest look like caked on makeup like crazy goth makeup crazy hair and they like hair. undo them and then they make them like take their makeup off like with a they uh, they hand them a fucking baby wipe and expect them to take off like Ben Nye makeup but they do it and they take their makeup off and then you see what they actually look like and they usually look 100% like a completely different person. Better, like a real person. And they usually cry while they have to do it. And that's oh, what please. I want for Donald Trump. I want him to have to wipe his stupid makeup off baby with a shitty baby on wipe. On live television and make, and make him let us all watch. And I want him to cry while he does it. And I want him to take off his lifts so that we can see what height he really is. I want him to take off his... his I want him to take out his hair plugs. And then I want Nancy Pelosi to take a box full of his clothes and dump them from one of the tallest windows onto the White House lawn like he's being thrown out of the house after a bad breakup. (laughs) (laughs) And she just goes, take your shit! (laughs) She's like, just take your shit and get the fuck out of my house. Get the fuck out! Get out of here! I don't ever want to see you around here ever again! I love that. I love that vision of America. (laughs) Well, I hope that's where we are. That's that's where we are. All those things have already happened. We're putting that out there. Yeah. Which is crazy because usually we don't see the switch over till January, but everyone's going to be so excited. They're just going to kick him out on right, November we're 10th. Like, we're fucking, we said we were done. Get out. <sighs> okay. What a time to be alive. I'm like, I feel like we don't have much banter until this crazy tumultuous see an enemy thing has gone it's gone and done. Away. My tummy hurts. I think I've been eating too many KFC tendies. Oh, I thought you were going to say candy because it's right after Halloween. And I have definitely no. been eating too much candy. I don't have a lot of candy, but I got to tell you, we got another bucket of tendies. <laughs> that sounds good, though, too. It was really good, but my tummy hates me for it. <laughs> well, then let's talk about some ghosts and scare the poop right ghosts. out of you. I was going to say, I might mute my microphone so I can too. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, it's on brand. Stephanie has a ghost with her. I did. I muted my microphone and farted. That's what just happened. <laughs> you know you what? Can't I can't smell it, thank God, because it's a podcast and we're recording remotely. Then I can't. But yeah, I, I assure you, it. I farted and it smells like a fart in here. Uh, I wish. This is I on had. brand. Why are you making it's that on- face? Because I'm laughing. This is my laughing face. No one can see this. This is great content for for an audio show. An audio show. We're talking about smells and making faces. Smells and faces. I was going to say, I really wish I had. So Mitch on Southern Spirits has some sort of a soundboard audio board, and he can throw in different sound effects at moments, and I really want one. Because then I would have just one. added like a big juicy fart noise. I'm honestly I should ask shocked him what he you got. don't already have one. We know I, Colleen you know has what? one. I need to figure out. Well, she has that thing on her phone. The app. Bah, 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 bah. I want one that like hooks into our recording. Mm. I'll have to look into that. That's the research I'm going to do. I love that. That makes me happy. Fart noises on command. Fart and not just off. from my body. Fart noises off. <laughs> That's the production we need. I would love to see fart noises off. I just imagine it's a production of noises off where there's a lot of farts. It's just all farts. Like anytime someone is running in and out of a door when that door opens, instead of a squeak, it's a fart noise. It's a fart noise. So it's instead of being fart like, off. it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> fart noises off. Casablanca Cultural Productions presents Fart Noises Off. Oh, Mary Angela's at Alan's Lane Theater. At Alan's Lane Theater. (laughs) (laughs) Mary Angela texted me today. She said that she listened to the episode with Sawyer. um, And she said that she was dying over the part where they were talking about going to Chicago and falling in love with it and us being like, "Uh, what time of year did you go? (laughs) And then I told her that my favorite part is when we asked Sawyer to tell the people a little bit about himself. And then he he told us his entire life story. Yeah, y'all, that is Sawyer in a nutshell. That right there, 10 so minutes. So you tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I was born on I a hot summer day. I was born in day. Mississippi, <laughs> by the bayou, on a Wednesday. <laughs> I'm not in Hattiesburg, about 45 minutes outside of Hattiesburg, but people's never ever heard of the town. So I just I'm say from, I'm from Hattiesburg. So I just tell them I'm from Hattiesburg. <laughs> Seesaw, we love you oh. if you're still listening. <laughs> oh, I love Sawyer so much. I do too. You know what I just realized though? Now that we put fart noises off, brought to you by Casper Cultural Productions at Ellen's Lane Art Center, it's gonna happen in a well, year. It's and gonna a half. happen. <laughs> We're putting it out there into the world. We're gonna make it. Casper Cultural Productions presents Fart Noises Off at Ellen's Lane Theater. It's gonna happen. We put it out there now. I can already see the poster. <laughs> <laughs> Designed by Eric. <laughs> <laughs> The posters design the like the pictures designed by Eric, and then she's gonna make the flyer with the with the drawing that she told him to do. <sighs> okay. Oh my god, I love it. I that was good breathe. banter. That was good. That was good. You know what, guys? If you're ever feeling worried about the state of the world, just make a fart joke. Just make a fart joke. If we've tried to teach you anything in our three years and 130 episodes at Dead Time Stories, when in doubt, just make a fart joke. When in doubt, fart it out. You know. <laughs> Oh, perfect. That's it. Fart the bad spirits out. That's it, and that's all, man. (laughs) All right, Sarah. All right, Stephanie. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Stephanie. Y'all ready ready to talk talk about about some ghosts? ghosts? Ooh. Ooh. 
I am talking about some ghosts today. Yes. Are they farting it's, ghosts? I wish. Well, all right. You can't win them all. First, I have to tell you how I came to find the place that I'm going to talk about today. All right. So, you know, I love celebrity ghost stories. And I do. sometimes I like to watch a celebrity ghost story and then just hear about, like, you know, where they're talking about or whatever. There is another celebrity ghost story show that's not called Celebrity Ghost Stories, which is an entirely different show. What is this There's one called? There's also a show called The Haunting of dot dot dot. And then whoever is on that episode, it's like The Haunting of Regis, Regis Philbin. Philbin. Right. Got it. So the place that I learned about today is from an episode of The Haunting of, and it's The Haunting of Kesha. Stop. <laughs> Stop. For those of you who don't know, I played Kesha earlier this year when theater still existed. I was Kesha Rose in The Lizard of Oz here in Philadelphia. It was was a great time for everybody. So Kesha was on this show called The Haunting Of, and she talked about how she was on tour, and she decided that on this tour, she was only going to stay at haunted destinations. (laughs) And I was all like, right, Kesha, we see you. Right? I was like, first of all, I fucking love that. Second. <laughs> that sounds like a good way to said, get yourself a ghost, though. A ghost, right? Second, she said that of all the places that she stayed at, the one that stood out the most, that was like she saw the most activity, right, mm-hmm. was this place called Miss Molly's Bed and Breakfast. Um, although now I don't think they're a bed and breakfast anymore. It's just called Miss Molly's Hotel. And it's in Fort Worth, Texas. Hmm. I was like, that sounds really familiar. Mm-hmm. All right. Good, good golly, Miss Molly. What happened? Well, as far as what happened is, well, it has a long history, right? Mm-hmm. So it's been a few different things. It's thought at one time to have been a brothel. Sure. Um, it has been around since, I want to say, 1910. Like, it's over 100 years old. And they have, like, restored it to the old, like, Western style. So there's no hotel. There's no, like, TVs or any shit like that. That it's sounds just awful. A- <laughs> <laughs> it's just supposed to be like it was back in the day. Sure. I'm going to toot again. <laughs> <laughs> So it's in uh, Fort Worth Stockyards at the north end of town. and Oh, I know the Fort Worth Stockyards. Well, it's in that area of town. That's probably why this sounds familiar. So the former brothel gives visitors an authentic look at the city's somewhat raucous and rowdy past. A sign outside of one room says, Street ladies bringing in sailors must pay for room in advance. walking through the eight bedrooms is like spending time in a museum all have turn-of-the-century decor and antiques every room reflects parts of fort worth's colorful history some rooms feature cowboy and rodeo themes while others capture the oil and railroad days a favorite room for guests is miss josie's room named after a former madam the room was originally decorated in red velvet but now has a fabric on the ceiling and uh and lace on covering everything from windows i can't even fucking talk talking from everything from window curtains to um, pillowcases there's a wood-burning stove along with a private bathroom complete with an old-fashioned bathtub and a pole chain toilet Ooh, there ain't no tushy in that hotel 
There is not. You got, it's a BYO tushy. And honestly, you, the toilet paper is mainly wood chips. Uh, they have that old, well, you know, it's a Western place, so they have that John Wayne toilet paper. And they call, you know why they call it John Wayne toilet paper, right? Why? Because it don't take no shit off of nobody. <laughs> <laughs> you never heard that? I've never heard that. <laughs> Oh, my God. That's like an old Southern... Fr- I've heard that a million times. It's John Wayne toilet paper. It don't take shit off of nobody. <laughs> I'm so glad I, I could introduce you to that If I phrase. have heard that, I forgot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, because I was originally... What my brother calls terrible toilet paper is Ukrainian two-ply, which always makes me laugh. That's what he used to call my mom's toilet paper. But... For this one, I was like, this is definitely more apt, which is the John Wayne John toilet Wayne. paper. Whew, that's John Wayne good. toilet paper. That's good. I like that. Because don't take shit off of nobody. Yep. If your tastes lean towards cowboys, rodeos, and railroads, other rooms feature pictures of famous outlaws like the Sundance Kid. There are also old boots, hats, railroads, bikes, and whistles. Located in the middle of the Fort Worth stockyards, Miss Molly's is the oldest bed and breakfast in Fort Worth. Established as a boarding house in 1910 called the Palace Rooms, it went through the Prohibition period called the Oasis, and later as a bordello in the 1940s when it was called the Guyot Hotel. Miss Molly's is just old enough to have caught a glimpse of the Wild West and all of the time period of America's speakeasy and bordello days. Its long history as a boarding house has included a vast number of residents. Apparently, some have decided to extend their stay. Perhaps the large amount of antiques and period pieces in the hotel remind them of the body times that they shared there. The eight themed rooms in the hotel all share stories of paranormal activity, with the cattlemen's and cowboys' rooms having some of the more famous sightings of apparitions. Visitations have also occurred in the current owner's private rooms, number eight and nine of a young girl who is considered a former tenant of the hotel. Most of the sightings have involved the former working girls from the hotel days as a bordello. The phenomena at Miss Molly's includes full-bodied apparitions, unexplained scents, items disappearing and reappearing, toilets flushing, lights turning on and off by themselves, cold spots, unlocked doors refusing to open, and a variety of unidentified but entertaining sounds. According to a former owner, one housekeeper quit because she kept finding coins in rooms, even though there had been no guests there. And she just finished cleaning only to return and find the coins where she had just cleaned. Miss Molly's has been visited by a number of paranormal investigation groups and is listed with Texas Christian University's Paranormal Activity Class, which makes regular visits to record phenomena. TCU has a paranormal activity class? Apparently. I went to the wrong college. Copies of unusual photos and tape recordings, as well as statements of the investigators and results, are kept prominently in the common living room area. The hotel situated above Fort Worth Star Cafe takes visitors up to a staircase to another era, period furnishings, furniture, why are you going to say furnishings and furniture, and a number of stories about unexplained happenings provided with firsthand accounts by the owner. Miss Molly's is considered one of the most haunted properties in Fort Worth and one of the most active paranormal sites in Texas. I wanted to follow that up by reading you a few TripAdvisor reviews yes. of Miss Molly's. I, the TripAdvisor reviews are my favorite when mm-hmm. you have a place that's like haunted 
and then you get people's yes. actual accounts that they felt the need to put on TripAdvisor. So I'm obviously going to save the most intense one for last, but I'm going to read you a few of them, okay? All right. So the first one is ghosts, ghosts everywhere. Yes. Ghosts, ghosts everywhere, oh. but not a stitch of toilet paper. <laughs> OMG. I stayed there Friday night and what a night it was. I saw a door move even with the door stop on. We listened to white noise and spirits spoke through the white noise <laughs> and guessed cards that we picked from a deck. I saw an orb or something follow one of the young girls that was staying with her grandmother. You have got to see the little bear. When it turned on and you touch it, it speaks. Well, it was speaking without anyone touching it. I would recommend anyone that is interested in the hereafter to check this place out. Shelly was awesome. She stayed the night with us along with a couple other ghost hunters. Check it out. There are no TVs or phones in the hotel. It is truly like stepping back in time. Do not expect to sleep much because there is too much activity going on all night long. I love that. I saw like what I think is an orb following someone around. I know. (laughs) Great stay. My friend and I decided to stay at Miss Molly's because of its close proximity to the nightlife and also because we had heard of the ghost stories. We stayed in the cowboy room and were the only guests there that night. Within the first 10 minutes of being there, we had the cowboy room door close on us and the closet doorknob rattle when I made a joke about wanting my friend to go open the closet door. We immediately went to dinner and when we came back, our keys were moved across the room. From then on, we knew the ghosts were definitely just pranksters. Later, we found the leather review book that people write in and started reading their stories on the couch, and people kept hearing banging and shuffling in the second bathroom. We never checked because we were chicken, but we later found it uh, found it that someone was found stabbed in the bathtub a long time ago. Shut up. Shut up. The innkeeper, Deb, was amazing. She was super nice, answered all the questions we had. Overall, the night was super fun and we'll definitely be back. As long as you can handle the noise from the bars downstairs and a few ghosts, then this place is for you. Sounds like the place for us. Right? You had me at bar downstairs. So there are a few more, but this is, I'm going to go ahead and read you like the, like the big one. Okay. Okay. Every April, my mom and all four of us, her daughters, go to Miss Molly's and stay for a few days. First of all, let me say that the innkeeper, Tina, this was in 2014, is wonderful. She is one of the reasons we keep going back. We keep in contact with her throughout the year. Aww. I want to share our I want to share a few of our stories. The first trip, my mom and sister caught a shadow going across the wall where the mirror is in the sitting area. You can clearly see the shadow but see nothing in the mirror. And no one else was in the hotel at the time. Not much happened that trip. Last year, we went, and this has made me rethink going back this year. My sister, who is skeptical about the paranormal world, thought she would go lay in the bed in Jake's room and mess with him. She was laying there saying, Jake, I don't believe you exist. Show yourself if you do. And she started getting aggressive. After about 10 minutes, the door slammed shut and locked. She started screaming and she was crying. She tried everything she could to open the door. We all were sitting in the room with a few of other, uh, uh, sitting in the sitting room with a few of the other guests. We all jumped up and tried to open the door. We could not get it open. One of the other guests grabbed the room key off the wall that's supposed to open all of the rooms. The key would not unlock it. After a few minutes, the door just unlocked by itself. My sister is very hard to scare. 
She was on the floor shaking and crying. We all went into the sitting room and tried to calm her down. As we were doing that, the TV came on all by itself. The volume was turned all the way up and the picture was snowy. We turned it off and it happened two more times. What? I have never been so scared. I wanted to leave that night. Tina opened all of the Bibles in the hotel so that we could relax. What? We've also heard little girls laughing, toilets flushing, and my sister took a pic on her phone where you could definitely see a shadow on the floor. We've stayed in many haunted places, one being Cassage Hotel in Florida. I have never had anything happen to me like what happened here. We're supposed to go back in April, but I'm not sure that I want to. If you're interested in the paranormal, this is definitely the place to stay. Wow, that's scary. Yeah. So that is Miss Molly's hotel. Kesha's story was that she was staying in. I can't remember which room she was in. I think it was Miss Josie's room. But she said that she was staying in a room and she was sleeping. Um, Well, before that, she went to take a shower and she just felt like there was someone in the bathroom with her. Mm -hmm. And she asked her mom to come sit in the bathroom with her like while she took a shower. And her mom like kind of picked on her and she was like, I just feel really weird in this room by myself so later she said she was sleeping and she felt someone it felt like touched her like down the length of her body like starting at her shoulder and like Like, down like her side and like down her leg right and then she said she woke up and she saw a woman there and the woman i don't think she said she talked she said that the she just could tell that the woman looked like really lost and really scared and that she in that moment like she felt really like compassionate like she didn't feel scared of the woman she felt like obviously this woman is really scared yeah and i want to help her right and she said she turned to her mom to like wake her mom up and looked up again and the girl was gone oh that's unsettling yeah that's really unsettling can you imagine how many people that girl has touched being like, can you see me? And none of them do. And the one she gets is Kesha. And she's like, oh, my God, can I have your autograph? Oh my God. And then Kesha rolled over. And she's like, I guess that's a no. So she left. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, please, I'm so lost. I just want you to sign this picture. I just want you to make this autograph. <laughs> they were watching her in the bathroom to see if she actually brushed her teeth with a bottle of Jack. Jack, she was like, I, I heard this, but like, I just want to make sure. I do it. <laughs> so that's Miss Molly's in Fort Worth, Texas. Ooh, that sounds crazy. Yeah. I'm going to go check it out. It's, yeah. Uh, I want to check it out, too. It, it has very good reviews. Yeah, it sounds like their customer service is on point. Yeah, they have a, f- a very good. It's four out of five from nice. TripAdvisor. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. Oh. And that's Miss Molly's. Wow. Gosh, golly, Miss It's hainted. It's hainted. You might have a few ghosts in that hotel. You probably do, actually. Mm-hmm. And apparently Jack I... or whatever is the pissy one. Ugh, Jake. 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 Ew. Typical Jake. Classic Jake. Ugh, Jake. <laughs> So, Sarah, what are you talking about this week? You're good. I was grabbing my notes. Well, Stephanie, um, this story uh, is interesting to me because I first found it through 
a Reddit post, duh, but it was a comment that someone had made onto an Ask Reddit post that was people who knew uh, murderers and found out after the fact, like, who was it, what happened, how did you feel? And so this comment was down there. And so what I'm going to tell you today is going to be a mixture of this person's answer and response slash actual facts about the case. Yeah. Right? So I will give credit to the post is from a user who had the uh, username of, I'm just going to assume Genta Mangina is what it looks like. Uh, G-E-N-T-A-M-A-N-G-I-N-A. And they made this post five years ago. So I don't even know if like they're still on Reddit. But overall, this story is about the story of a missing boy named Joshua Maddox. And the first part starts in Genta Mangina, Gentleman Gina, whatever. Gentleman Gina, I don't know. Starts in their words. And it goes... I went to high school with this skinny, dorky hippie named Andy, who played guitar in a band. I was never good friends with him or anything, but a year or so after I graduated, one of my good friends, Josh, started hanging out with him, and then he went missing. Josh was last seen in May of 2008, and he was age 18. Right? Those are facts. The last I heard, Andy was telling another friend... Yeah, me and Josh have been spending a lot of time together. We're planning a trip to New Mexico. And I didn't really think anything of it until 2010 when someone showed me some news articles. So it turns out that in addition to becoming a whole lot scarier looking, Andy had indeed headed down to New Mexico, where he had found himself shooting the shit with the caretaker of a disabled guy and got invited over to their apartment. The caretaker, yep. Caretaker gets in the shower, and when he comes back out, the disabled guy is stabbed to death, and Andy is gone. What? So Andy had gone down to New Mexico. Andy had been living some sort of a weird nomad lifestyle. Meets up, starts shooting the shit with this guy who's a caretaker for another disabled guy. The caretaker's like, hey, you know, if you're ever in town, you always have a place to stay with us. Andy's takes him up on that offer. The caretaker goes to take a shower and leaves the disabled guy, like, in the same room as Andy. And Andy stabs the dude and leaves. So when when Andy got arrested for something else, and then they realized that his fingerprints match the fingerprints at that crime scene, he also confessed to killing a woman in Taos and stuffing her body in a barrel. The cops had indeed found a woman stuffed in a barrel in Taos. But they already had somebody in custody for it and decided to stick with that guy instead. What the fuck? Yep. So there's no, to this day, there's no way of knowing if Andy actually did kill that woman and they just took the other guy. Or if it was a situation where you have a killer who's suddenly confessing to multiple crimes that maybe he didn't commit. But considering that this was the only other crime that he uh, admitted to seems a little like maybe he did actually do it yeah anyways they didn't press charges on him for the woman in a barrel years later uh we found out that the caretaker for the disabled guy ended up dying in a bar fight and without him the cops didn't have much in the way of evidence somehow so the case against andy for the murder of this disabled guy was dropped as well 
So at that point, several of us went to the cops saying, yo, Josh, who went missing, was last seen with Andy, who's a murderer. Maybe you should check that out. And despite a fair amount of pestering, nothing ever really came of it. And by nothing, I mean that the police mostly didn't even return our calls and once accidentally canceled the bulletin on Josh because he's alive and well and living in the next town over. He wasn't. Josh would be missing for about seven years. And when he was found, he was actually found in the chimney of an abandoned cabin like two blocks away from his parents' house. Holy shit. Josh's body was found in August of 2015 when construction workers were demolishing a long abandoned cabin and found skeletal remains inside the chimney. The coroner said the body had been there for about seven years and ruled the death accidental, concluding that Josh... Yeah. Concluding that Josh had probably climbed down the chimney in an attempt to break into the house and gotten stuck. Which, given the age of the corpse, doesn't seem overtly ridiculous. Except all these other reasons. Except (laughs) for the fact that in addition to Josh having last been seen with Andy immediately before his stabbing spree, murderer Andy, people called to report having heard rumors that Andy was bragging about having put Josh in a hole. And another fact about this is the owner of the cabin says that it would have been impossible to access the chimney from above because he had installed a heavy steel grate under the top layer of bricks to keep out raccoons and whatnot. So a grate on top of the chimney that, like, you couldn't get into. Now, the coroner said that he never saw the grate, so there are two theories that maybe it had rusted away by that point, or they were demolishing the cabin, and the owner pointed out that the grate had been hauled off to the junkyard at that point while they were in the middle of demoing the cabin. Either way, the owner says, I put that grate up there. There's no way that Josh could have gone through that grate. And the coroner's like, I don't know. I didn't see a grate. Another fact is that somebody had ripped a heavy bar off the wall in the kitchen and propped it against the fireplace, like at the bottom. The fact that Josh's stuff was found already inside the cabin, meaning that A, he'd already broken in and would have had to lock himself out to have to go for the chimney, and B, if he had been inside that house, he would have noticed that the flue or the big bar would have prevented him from getting in through the fireplace because the fireplace had a blockage that didn't open up into the main area. Like the part where you put the logs in was blocked. So even if he had if he had been inside the cabin because his stuff was there and then he got locked out, he would have known even if he had climbed down the chimney that he still wouldn't have been able to get into the house. He would have been stuck. Yeah. And there's the fact that Josh, when he was found, his knees were above his head, which sounds to me like he would have had to go in head first. Disclaimer, we're not fucking coroners we're not an expert so we're just assuming that when you say the knees were above the head it means he was head first down the chimney yeah there's also the fact that josh was barefoot and naked from the waist down when he was found so it's just my opinion this is the redditor in his words just my opinion but i don't care who you are you don't try to climb head first into a chimney via a hole through a rusted metal grate with your dick hanging out (laughs) no one does that 
No one. Agreed. No one does it. Agreed. You don't, you, you might do it, but you don't do it with your dick out. So they also said the most ridiculous part for me is this quote from the coroner. And the coroner said, I know it's not a natural death and I'm confident it's not a suicide. My other options are accidental death, homicide, and undetermined cause of death. It is frustrating. We can't pin it down. So your options are accidental, homicide, or undetermined, but you can't seem to pin it down. So you're telling me it's almost as if you were unable to determine the cause of death. So in that case, everybody knows that accidental is the only way to go with it. So he's saying it's ridiculous that the coroner would say it's an accidental death when number one, it's definitely undetermined, and number two, it 100% looks like a homicide. Anyways... As they say, continuing, look, I get that they didn't find enough evidence to arrest Andy or anyone else, but these motherfuckers went ahead and demolished the cabin in spite of all of this. Josh's body was cremated, and as far as I can tell, nobody even bothered to call Andy to ask if he knew anything. By the way, from what I hear, Andy's still out and about and doing his thing when he's not in the mental hospital. Oh my God. More on that in a minute. It's not that I want somebody to blame. I'm not trying to throw a tantrum because give me answers. All I'm saying is I wish they had done some police shit. Open an investigation. Try to track down some leads. Interview some of the folks who have been calling in tips for the last seven years. Maybe check for some semen or something. I don't know. Don't just say accidental. Dust off your hands and call it a day, which is basically what they did in this entire case. And it's crazy because they spent seven years his parents combed those woods all around the house. They never even thought the che- to check the cabin. His parents divorced and his dad continued to keep the house that he lived in because he said if Josh ever came back, he would come back to that house. I'm not leaving that house. His parents oh did not give up and he was less than two blocks away from them. Stuff so down a awful. chimney. More articles uh, later came out and the owner of the cabin even came forward and said he had doubts about the coroner's decision in theory because he was there when Josh's body had been found. The workers had found him after they had peeled back a steel fireplace insert within the chimney. And he once again reiterates that he had put a wire grate at the top of the chimney to keep animals out. There's no way that a human being could fit through the holes in that grate. But we'll probably never know what actually happened to Joshua Maddox. But as for Andy, I did a quick Google search because, like I said, this comment was posted five years ago. And in this comment, he said, as far as I know, Andy is still out and about and doing his bullshit. Yeah. Andy has been in and out of prison. And he was caught in Texas the first time when they were like, oh, we got you for the disabled guy. And then the caretaker was killed in a bar fight and they were like, we don't really have enough. And I think he got out on bail or some bullshit. But a quick Google search shows that he's been in and out of prison since 2009, which was when Josh went missing slash probably died. And the most recent two arrests were in Florida in 2018, and then finally in Texas, where he had been held since December of 2018 on a burglary burglary warrant from Florida. I'm unsure if he's still incarcerated or not, but I'm assuming that he is, considering the records I could find mention him still being in, like, a detention center. Yeah. 
but who knows? But this guy, this Andrew guy is still out there. He has definitely killed one person, if not two, if not three. One of them being Joshua Maddox, who was found in a chimney seven years after his death. Yeah. So that's my story. That's why I was like, it's short, but it's dark and it's kind of crazy. Because, yeah, now you're reading it. Like when I first read the story, I then did research into like, you know, what did the news articles say, et cetera, et cetera. But it's still more powerful to read it from the words of someone who was friends with him and someone who was also part of that group that was like, I'm calling the cops and being like, you remember how you guys just arrested Andy, who's a murderer? This kid who's been missing for seven years was last seen with Andy, who's a murderer. Do you think you could look into that? And they're like, ooh, new phone who dis. Like, we're a little too busy right now with police stuff. I hate that. So at least his family got closure in the sense that they know where he is now. But yeah. It's really sad. Yeah, that is really sad. Sorry to end it on a downer note. (laughs) Womp womp. Womp womp. Quick. Yeah, well. Make another fart. (laughs) And we're back. (laughs) No, don't try to force it. Then you're going to shit yourself. I had a tiny little fart. We'll see if you hear it when you edit it. That's going to be weird. Is that like a... Uh, ASMR? That's the worst kind of ASMR. Val told me some... (laughs) Val told me some story the other day about how they were doing this, like, stretch where they're, like, on their shoulders, you know, and then they have, like, your arms are, like, into, like, triangles and your feet are, like, straight up in Uh the air, right? And they were doing that, and then they came down from it, and they said that they let out, like, the longest (laughs) queef. They said, like, they're like, I couldn't tell you. Like, it went on so long. It was the longest queef ever. And it just (laughs) came out of me. And I think they said, like, their cousin or somebody was next to them and just looked at them like, 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 Jesus, what just happened? They're like, sorry, it happens. Like, we. Val's like, I'm a little concerned about what I'm doing over here. So, like, no big deal. It is what it is. No big deal. I smeared my (laughs) vagina and had to get out. Deal with it. Sorry. Um, well, if you want to support our queefing show, uh, <laughs> we mainly talk you... about farts, not necessarily queefs. We could, though. I mean, they're the farts that move up front. Yeah. You know? They're forward facing farts. Rel- this is a relatively short episode, downward facing farts. Downward facing farts. That's almost what happened to Val. Almost. <laughs> But if you want to support this amazing show that we bring to you every week, you should do that by subscribing to our Patreon. We have $1, $5, and $15 tiers, and there are rewards at every level. So $1 gets you access to our Patreon or our Patreon exclusive Facebook group. Mm-hmm. That is a really amazing fun time with lots of memes and jokes and people that you know from this show and then other subscribers just like you. And then we have the $5 tier where you get I Saint It, a monthly show where Sarah uh, gets to to hear the plot of a horror movie that she's never seen and it's a good time and we all laugh about it and then for $15 a month you get 
everything I already talked about, plus you get a celebrity ghost fart, which is an illustration I do every month, and you get access to me, myself, and YouTube, which is a series that Christina makes just for us, all about weird YouTube drama from people that you've never even fucking heard of, but it is intriguing and you can't turn away. It's like a train wreck. Tea is piping hot. It's a good time. It's a great time. The tea is piping hot. It's a good time. You can buy merch from us and our website. It's deadtimestories.com. We're developing some new merch right now. We're really excited about it. It's going to be up in time for the holiday season. So you should treat yourself or someone you love to a Dead Time Stories merch and they'll be like, what's that? And you'll be like, it's this podcast. Like, it's this podcast really that like. talks about ghost farts. And you should listen to it. They talk about ghosts and farts and whatever. But of course, we also know that times are hard for people. So there are ways that you can support our show that don't cost any money, like leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and telling your friends to leave a five-star review. And if you take a screenshot and send us your address, we'll actually send you a sticker for that five-star for that five-star review. I think... That sounds like a pretty fucking sweet deal. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, it's pretty I just good. And I had an idea for new merch we needed, and I thought of it. Oh, and yeah? what it is, is it's like a little ghost guy, right? But it's from the back of him. And it's where you can see his little butt cheeks, <laughs> and he's letting out a fart. And it's like he's looking over his shoulder with, like, his finger in his mouth. Like, like a, a, ooh. ooh. But it's him letting ooh, out a little okay. fart. I'm going to try and draw like, that for I'm you. I'm pretty sure all of y'all's grandmothers need to have that artwork. So is, get on that for is the holidays. That what you want? Is that what you want for our tattoo? Oh, my God. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Little farting ghost going, ooh, ooh I, farted. I farted. So get, oh my God, that's that, draw that three-star merch content we got coming content for you guys. That you it have is been clamoring for. In the works. <laughs> So you should tell your friends to subscribe to our show and leave us a review and subscribe to our Patreon and buy our merch. And you should do all of those things. But you should also take care of yourself and, you know, get some skincare, meditate. And listen to this breathe, show. You know, and listen to the show and tell other people to listen yep. to it. That's good. That's a it. good note to leave on. Yeah. That's better. Yeah. You like that? I like that. I like that. <laughs> well, on that note. Uh, on that note, I'm Stephanie. <laughs> I'm Sarah. And this, and has, this been has been Dead, Dead Time, Time Stories. Thanks for listening. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Curtison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 